Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman, and my co-host Michelle Leslie and I were thrilled to recently be invited to be interviewed by Pastor Mitch Schultz, who has served over 30 years as a pastor with Christian and Ministry Alliance. He is the host of a podcast titled, Before You Quit, Bringing Courage and Perspective When Serving Gets Hard. What a blessing and encouragement he is. Pastor Mitch has graciously allowed us to share this interview on our podcast today. So enjoy, God bless, and walk worthy. Hey, everybody, want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard. That is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I am your host, your fine host and also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Okay, I need to set this up because this is one of those podcasts that I'm going to do that uh, will possibly cause some questions, bring up questions. It is a rather uh, controversial topic today in the evangelical church, and that is the discussion over complementarianism versus egalitarianism. If you don't know what that means, a real basic definition is complementarianism is a view of the role of women within the church or within the faith uh, that sees a distinction between men and women, uh, particularly in leadership in the church where the giftings are complementing each other. Uh, So it takes a a view, uh, some would say perhaps a strict view, of the role of women within the church. And then the egalitarian view uh, suggests that there is equal uh, roles, there is less distinction, and uh, those will be defined a little bit more through this podcast. And in fact, what I'm doing today is I'm interviewing two women, Amy Spreeman and Michelle Leslie, Uh, on the position of complementarianism, and in a couple weeks, I'm going to speak to a pastor uh, with the Christian Missionary Alliance on the egalitarian uh, perspective. And I do want to say before you listen to this that whatever your position is, I think it's really healthy uh, to have disagreements. I think it is really healthy to struggle over these issues And while I personally take a complementarian view, I think you'll find, um, in in fact, that'll be evident in this podcast, but when I interview someone that might believe something differently, um, I'm a little bit more neutral. Uh, I am a host, uh, a podcast interviewer, and uh, I I just want to be sensitive and, and caring in the way that I approach these things. But I have certain convictions, and I don't apologize for those things. And I know our own denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, is going through a lot and uh, moving quite swiftly, swiftly rather, towards the uh, egalitarian uh, perspective on this. Uh, so without too much uh, more talking on my end, let me just very quickly introduce the two guests. They will be obviously saying more about themselves, but Michelle Leslie is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, she is an author, a podcaster. In fact, her and Amy do a podcast together. Uh, that uh, is is quite well known, and um, and an Amy Spreeman is from Minnesota originally, but now she lives uh, near the uh, Green Bay area of Wisconsin. So, without further talking on my part, let me go ahead and jump into this interview right now. Talking to uh, two new friends, Amy Spreeman and Michelle Leslie. It's good to have you both here. This is a, a late hour. You all are so busy. You weren't available until eight o'clock my time. So thank yeah, you so we tend much. to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being willing to do this. Uh, so, uh, Amy, where where do you live? Oh, I live up in uh, northern Wisconsin. I'm near the the Green Bay area. Go pack, go. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, lot of discussion about where Aaron Rodgers is going to land here. From what I've been picking. Oh up. yes. Yeah. So Leslie, what about you or, or Michelle? 
Oh, that's okay. That happens all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and okay. uh, I'm, I've been in women's ministry for a long time, really enjoy traveling around the country and speaking to different women's groups and blogging. And of course, doing um, my podcast with, with Amy Spreeman, my wonderful partner mm-hmm. there. And uh, we really enjoy that and have a good time together. Yeah, that, that's great. Well, I appreciate what you're both doing for, for the church and for the kingdom. Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to be talking today about the, the role of women in the church uh, and, and really your heart for women. I think that's a lot of what's going to come out here. And uh, I shared with you before hitting record that uh, we're, we're looking at really uh, underlying this is really the complementarian approach or, or position on, yeah. on the, the role of women biblically. And I'm going to be interviewing someone in a couple of weeks on the other uh, side of that, the egalitarian perspective. So I'll just put that out and I'll be saying a little bit more about that. I, I will have said more about that in the introduction. But I, lo- I love asking this question, uh, just to have you just share a little bit about yourselves briefly. And I, I love to ask this question, what drives you? What are you most passionate about? Amy, why don't you start? Sure. Well, like I said, I'm a Wisconsin girl, uh, met my husband in high school. Uh, we have two grown kids, so we're empty nesters now. And uh, I, I wasn't always a writer or a blogger, but uh, I, in fact, I came out of uh, Unitarianism, if you know mm. what that is. Maybe yeah. some of your listeners don't know what that is, but Unitarian Universalist, uh, pretty much it, you, you make up your own as you go along. And it's a yeah. gathering of people who kind of believe whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's right for you is uh, right for maybe not right for me, but, you know, you have your truth. I have my truth. And everybody's saved because we're all basically good people, which of course we know is not true. Um, But I also came out of a home uh, where the women uh, were very strong uh, feminists. Um, Mom wore the pants in the family and you know that that's just how it was, and I I thought everybody was like that, and mm-hmm. uh, didn't even think anything about you know women pastors or anything like that because that's where I came from, and then you know to come come along and find that uh, that's not biblical. Wow, what what a game changer that was! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so that what drives me is truth. Really, I, I'm passionate yeah, I about that. you know all these different movements that like um, you know progressive Christianity, which is what I came out of, like that uh, that are leading us away from. Christianity, the the true biblical truth of what who God really is, and through His Word. So yeah, that's what I'm were, passionate about. Yeah, when you were defining Unitarianism, I thought, well, that's progressive Christianity now. It, yes, definitely. And, and that's the that's the really most modern cult, and it's the one I've described as the closest to the church. It's the one that is the most subtle and dangerous. You know, I think the Unitarianism we always knew was out there. It was. It was cultish. We we knew to avoid it, particularly if you had some grounding. But uh, yeah. uh, again, that's a that's another podcast. But but I think that relates a little bit to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so yeah, Michelle, I was so conscious before uh, connecting with you guys to to not call you Leslie, but I, <laughs> you said that's a common thing. So yeah, it tell is. us a little bit about yourself and and what you're passionate about. Well, my background is pretty much the opposite of Amy's. I was yeah. uh, I was born and raised, uh, you know, in a church going family and everything. I was even born on a Sunday, you know, during <laughs> during discipleship training time at church, and not actually at the church, but just during that time, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so I grew up in the church. Just grew up always being around the people of God and uh, being in church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, you know, and um, just just coming to know the Lord and, and growing up uh, around the things of the Lord. And uh, I, I'm very blessed that he saved me when I was about 12 and uh, never really rebelled or anything. I just kept growing in the Lord and have been walking with him ever since. So my, my testimony is short, sweet, and boring. And I thank God for that. What about you? And um, I have I have a wonderful husband and we have five boys and one girl. They're all grown. They're in, in their 30s, 20s, and one of them still hanging on to the teens. Mm. And uh, we, we still have our, our two youngest are still at home. They're they're 20 and 19. And so we're going to be empty nesters pretty soon. But uh, what uh, what's wonderful. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so I hear we're starting to experience it already. We sure will miss them when, you know, when they're all out of the house, but um, you know, we're, we're excited about that next chapter in our lives too. So what you do, you you do what we did. We moved close to where they are so we can be near the grandkids. Well, what we've done is, is we haven't let them move too far away from us. So So that's really great. (laughs) But but um, what what I'm most passionate about is is um, you know keeping my my priorities in order, being uh, Christ, belonging to Christ first, and then serving my husband and and you know taking care of him and then taking care of my children, and then being a faithful, dedicated member of my church, and then everything else. Mm-hmm. So um, and the everything else encompasses a lot of women's ministry that I do at my church and online and just sort of whatever God brings my way, you know, um, just try to, to live each day pleasing him. So I guess that, that would be my, that's great. Well, thank, thank you for that. Both of you, Amy, you, you, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with you because you were uh, often on the, uh, 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 fighting for the faith podcast with Chris Roseborough and, and Steve Kozar. Uh, they called you the pirate gang or something like that. (laughs) They do. That's a, that's a discernment ministry. So a lot of what you do now, and in fact, your podcast as well, would you say that's in the discernment arena? Yeah. And uh, you know, most of us in so-called discernment ministries don't really like that word anyway, because it it really has. And it's almost an insult to to call somebody a discernment ministry person. Um, You know, it's, that's how it's gotten to be because there's such despair over, over that, you know, uh, people who don't like the word is like, Oh, you're just, you're just a discernment ministry person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but discernment really doesn't come from a blog anyway. It doesn't come from a radio program or a podcast. Podcast. It comes from reading the word and knowing what's true. So, uh, so, so we try to point people to scripture, and you know that that really is where discernment is all about. Um, so, uh, you know, but before uh, even Pirate Christian Radio, uh, I was on a, a little program up here in Wisconsin called Stand Up for the Truth, and that was my first experience with uh, discernment, uh, discernment radio, discernment blogging, that kind of thing. And wow, that was uh, that was really interesting. I, I did that for five years and then joined the Pirate Gang um, and then launched a couple others, uh, Naomi's Table, a Bible study for women, and right. then right. Uh, Berean Research is, is the main blog that I have. I don't do a lot of writing right at this moment. I'm really busy with uh, family and, uh, of course, with the, A Word Fitly Spoken, the the podcast I do with Michelle. Uh, but, you know, I, I try to use my time wisely, and I, I don't try to chase after every single, you know, news story in Christendom out there. So if somebody's doing something, you know, oh, look at this uh, false teacher. I, I, I used to try to stay on top of things and, and, you know, kind of educate people on what they're saying versus what the Bible's saying. But there's so many false teachers right now that I, I just try to focus people, readers on the the main idea of what, what is out there that's being taught false, falsely and what do we need to look out for? So, so I kind of try to go a little bit uh, higher from a, a, like a 30,000 foot approach instead of getting down in the weeds. So yeah. anyway, I'm kind of evolving myself here over the, over the years. Yeah. So Michelle, uh, discernment, um, it, it's more than just being a watchdog and, you know, speaking out strongly and obnoxiously against things that are <laughs> air out there. Um, it, what role does that have in discipleship? And then the other question I'd like here is, is how did this affect your concern? Maybe both of you can speak to this, Michelle, first, uh, to your burden for, you know, what, what is the role of women in, in the church and in the kingdom? Well. Um... Gosh, that's so it's such a, a vast area. Discernment really does have um, a lot of different connotations. It's not just about uh, telling who's a false teacher and who's not. It's also right. about telling right from wrong in your life and having wisdom to make godly decisions instead of uh, poor decisions and things like that. Um, but the, one of the things that is has become so important uh, in women's ministry and in ministering to women and in um, ministering to women in the church, especially, is that a lot of these um, false teachers that are so popular with women um, that, you know, one of the ways that you can you can tell them right away is that they're preaching to men a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So um, they they do kind of uh, mesh together in a lot of 
different ways. Um, and one thing that I always say is in all of the women that I have studied that have turned out to be false teachers, they all preach to men. And also, if you if you find a woman who's preaching to men, she's always almost always preaching some other form of false doctrine as well. Yeah. And also women preaching to men actually is false doctrine in and of itself, because when a woman stands up and preaches to men, what she's teaching with her behavior, what she's acting out in front of the people that she's teaching is that if there's a certain uh, passage of scripture that you don't like or a certain command that you don't like, it's okay okay for you to just ignore it or disobey it. Um, and, and that's okay. And if your male pastor got up in the pulpit and said that in words, you know, your congregation would run him out of town on a rail and rightly yeah. so. Um, but it, you know, we allow, for some reason, we allow women to stand up and do this and act it out instead of saying it in words. So there is a big connection there between um, the world of false teachers and the role of women in the church, because so many false teachers are violating God's good and holy and wonderful commands about the roles of men and women in the church. So, yeah. yeah. Amy, how would you, how would you respond to that? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I agree with Michelle. I, um, I talk to women all the time who say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible is allegory. Uh, there's so many different interpretations. So why can't a woman preach to men? Why, why not? And, and what's missing is, uh, well, a couple of things. What's missing first and foremost is the idea that this scripture is sufficient and we know that it is. Um, and so what, what I try to do is, uh, tell women that I'm discipling that the word of God needs to be regarded as the standard of truth. Uh, you know, and, and we can go to Bible verses like 2 Timothy 3.16. One of uh, Michelle's and my favorites is all scripture is breathed yeah. up by God and profitable for teaching, for proof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I think that every woman, whether she's a new believer or a seasoned veteran, needs to read the word every day in order to equip herself with truth. And that's what's going to prevent her from falling into deception. So yeah, uh, you know, discernment does have a huge role in discipleship. And so that's what we're, we're, we we need to do is, is have women compare everything that they consume. And believe me, we ladies, we consume a lot of things through uh, the books that we read, conferences, um, you know, teachers that we listen to on, on podcasts and, and all sorts of things. Uh, we need to compare everything we consume to scripture and scripture needs to be the standard of truth. Yeah. Well, we consume and then we assume based on yes. what we consume, right? You could you can use that. That's clever, isn't it? <laughs> it is. uh, Do I have to say your name after it though? Yeah, 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 you certainly okay. can. Uh, but yeah, I mean we we hear so much. There's so much messaging there and it's easy to say, hey, they they have authority, they speak to large yeah. audiences, so they must be right. So Amy, in in your um conversations you have with people with women in particular, and this is a new thing. Uh, What do you find is the reaction? And then what do you say to them where their eyes light up and they actually have this, this kind of demeanor, like, wow, this is good. This is refreshing. I mean, how does that uplift women when they hear what the Bible actually says? Oh, they're, they're tremendously open to it if the Holy Spirit is opening their eyes to mm-hmm. it. So, yes. um, so I, I wish I could be the Holy Spirit, but yeah. uh, unfortunately yeah. I don't have that, that job description. Um, but when, when women really get it and it clicks, um, I, I think back to when that happened for me, you know, I, I was into all sorts of weird, uh, teachings and then, a lady invited me to a, an actual Bible study. And, and I said, a, a Bible study, that sounds great. What do I need? And she said, well, a Bible would be really helpful. And I didn't <laughs> even have one, you guys. I, I didn't have a Bible. Mm-hmm. So I went to this Christian bookstore. And of course, they're kept way in back. All the false teaching books are in front. So I, I trooped back to the back of this place. And I, I got a Bible with a, a really nice you know, gold edges on it. And I cracked it open. And I began to read it. And I my 
my mind was blown. And I just remember thinking, uh, I, I actually got angry a little bit. It's like, why I've been sitting in churches for 12 years and I never heard any of this. Mm. And I, I started, I, I started with Matthew because that's the, what the Bible study was on. And just, uh, hearing Jesus's words, I'm getting chills right now, just thinking about mm. how I reacted in that moment when the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and oh, I had so many questions. And mm. that's what I, I love to see when women, open their eyes for the very first time. And it's always because the word of God is being read or heard. Uh, and we know that faith comes from, from hearing the word of God. So uh, that that's what excites me. Yeah, I love that. When you're talking about going to the bookstore to look for a Bible, it, <laughs> it, a little tip here, uh, our college here has a gift shop with a bookstore in it. And every time I go there, there's a, a beautiful waterfalls that you see, but you have to go through the gift shop. Um, I'll often, awesome, off, often see Jesus calling on one of the shelves in mm. Joel Alstein's yeah. book, and I'll take it and I'll put it under the stack of a lot of other books, so it's well hidden. And, uh, <laughs> and sometimes I'll come back and I'll look through it; it's still there. They nobody's found it, so <laughs> it so, should be in the fiction section. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah in the fiction <laughs> section. Yeah, I like but, to take um, my tracks to the bookstore like that and, and yeah. stick tracks in those books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, Michelle, the world is putting a, a lot of pressure. I mean, we've seen just in the last four years. I mean, it's intriguing to me that our denomination, and this is one of the questions I'm going to be asking the guy I'm talking to in a couple of weeks, that uh, there seemed to be a lot of momentum in the church to really revisit the idea of the role of women right when the Me Too movement was happening. And it's like, hey, we all need to get into this, you know, and, and I know there was some some traction before that, but uh, it certainly picked up more. Um, what do you think the the greatest pressures are, uh, and and how how has that impacted the role that women have or or understand that they have at home uh, or even in the church? You know, I think it's really it's not really a particular um, worldview or a particular pressure, you know, per se, I think a lot of it is just um, being drawn away from Christ by the world, you know, being, mm. being drawn away by your own feelings and your own flesh. I think that is, that's probably the biggest, um, the biggest impact on women uh, right now, especially, you know, we, and we see this in the world so much. We see women who are just living by their feelings, whatever they yeah. feel is right. That's what they do. What, you know, if they feel feel lousy, then they lash out at people. If they feel happy, then they might be very self-centered or something like that. And so that is rubbing off on women in the church. And they are, like I say so many times, they're being led around by the nose by their feelings. And they're letting their feelings run their lives and make their decisions instead of living under the authority of God's word, like we're supposed yes. to as Christians. I have to say that so many times. Your feelings and opinions and personal experiences are subjective, and you're not supposed to live by those. You are a you're the slave of Christ. You're not the slave to your feelings and your, you know, your experiences and opinions. You're the slave of Christ. He gets to call the shots. You're supposed to do what he says to do, regardless of how you feel about it. We are to walk in obedience to him. We are to do what he says. Self is not your master anymore. Christ is your master. Mm -hmm. But this whole thing of, you know, it's, it's just like judges these days. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And today we're doing the everyone did what was right in his own eyes thing. And we're calling it Christianity. Mm. You know, I can be whatever I want to be, participate in whatever sin I want to participate in, think whatever I want to think, live however I want to live. And I'm still a Christian. Mm. So I really think it's that that pull, you know, by the world to uh, to let self reign on the throne of our lives. I, I really think that's the yeah. biggest yeah. Uh, pressure that women have. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would like to add to that, too, because, Mitch, you had mentioned um, the Me Too movement. And what Michelle and I have seen, too, in the last few years is uh, this idea that everybody's a victim now, especially women. And it's really taken some I I know some women personally, we both do, who've uh, really kind of taken that in a whole new direction. They're they're abuse advocates and they forget that Jesus heals uh, and we don't have to live as victims anymore. He's already won the victory over any kind of sin that that women can uh, suffer, but yet uh, we're we're seeing women, you know, kind of create a whole new theology around that. And then there's other pressures too right now uh, that we face, and that's the pressure from all sides of society that uh, we need to accept lies as truth, like Mm -hmm. Michelle said. Uh, For instance, abortion, that's just women's health care. Boys will be girls. Uh, There are many genders. And if you identify as a woman, well, then that's what you are. You're a gender was assigned to you at birth. Uh, you have to call me by my pronouns. Parents, you know, we, we shouldn't be able to control what teachers teach in the classroom. And that's just crazy. Of course, those are, are lies from the pit of hell, but that's what we're being told. And you're starting to see a shift in what uh, the world sees as truth. And, you know, the impact that uh, we're seeing is that churches are really bowing to this pressure and they themselves are teaching things like gender equity and uh, critical race theory from their pulpits. And, you know, women and men, for that matter, are in fear of, you know, they they need to go along or they're going to be canceled or fined or lose their employment. So for women, it's the idea that, you know, we must not speak out about, you know, we we have to go along with the lies and we have to be nice. And, you know, that's really not what the Bible says to do. We are to speak truth Mm. uh, in love and, well, we're to be kind and respectful to all, of course, but the Bible doesn't say that we have to be nice and accepting of sin. So, uh, yeah, we're really uh, letting the world take uh, our eyeballs off of who Christ is. Yeah. Well, it's it's fascinating to me that, the, you know, the Me Too movement was, what, three years ago, which was really, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the spirit behind that was to protect women, to, you know, call out men who were uh, who were abusing women, and and we've sure. gone from that to uh, almost disrespecting women by you know blurring the lines completely that distinguish men from women with transgenderism. Um, mm-hmm. I, Amy, how much is that? Again, the church is seeing this. The church is affected by this. How how much is that influencing uh, our you know the churches from what you've observed? Uh, also losing that distinction that is leading up to you know women being equally in authority or as elders or pastors or preachers. Yeah, I, I think it goes hand in hand. We're seeing churches that more and more that are kind of falling, crumbling, you know, like, like a crumbly cookie. They're just, they're just falling for this, thinking that that's what they have to do. And I, I see it happening on the conference circuits and more and more churches are doing this. So, and when I say church, I mean, uh, the visible church that, you know, what, what people see as the mm-hmm. church, the real bride of Christ, of course, is not, uh, falling for these things. And uh, that, that's why it's so important to be involved in a, a biblically sound church. And they, they are very hard to find. Um, I'm very thankful for mine. It's a very small uh, church that's rural, but uh, I love it because it it sticks mm-hmm. to the word of God. And these these teachings from the world do not seep in. They do not get a foothold. So, uh, But yes, I, I do see that women who come out of uh, more of the progressive churches that are falling for these things definitely are... It, like Michelle, you were talking before about uh, leading, being led by emotions. This is very emotional stuff. Um, You know, you know, people who are, uh, uh, you know, gay affirming churches, that kind of thing. Um, It's because somebody has gotten to them or their children may have, you know, come out as homosexual and, and the words are changing too. Michelle and I uh, just did a podcast on how the language is changing. Mm-hmm. So that you don't see uh, the gay community call it homosexuality anymore. Uh, now it is something else. It, it's gay affirming. Yeah. It sounds very nice and accepting. Our, our language is being changed, and yeah. and it's fascinating, but it's also very uh, very disheartening. So we need to we we need to look at our language and how that's being captured by the enemy, and and women in particular can fall for this because again yeah. we want to be nice. 
Yeah, when I do weddings, I did one recently in in Wisconsin. I was sharing with uh, with you that I was up there a couple of weeks. So I I always in my weddings now emphasize what Genesis talks about that that you know God created them in His image, male and female. Yeah. He created them, and that's beautiful. That distinction is 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 so beautiful, and that that is what that's the image bearing. There's something about keeping that distinction at the core of our understanding of who we are as image bearers. That's so important. And what is the enemy going to want to do that take the very thing that, that most reflects who we are as image bearers and distort that. And and that's what we're seeing today. Um, Michelle, you know, if if a pastor is listening to this and he's, he's thinking, you know, oh my, I've kind of lost my bearing here. And, um, you know, and and I I, I don't want to slip into this, or in, in the case where, like in my denomination, we're moving this way, but there's individual leaders and and even women in the church is like we can't do this. Uh, what do you say to them? Well, first of all, I would I would just want to I would want to reach out to them and give them a hug and say, look, you're you're heading in the right direction. That's yeah, yeah. great. Just like struggling and, with that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, exactly, and and uh, and and keep pursuing that, and and be convinced by scripture that this is the right thing, mm. uh, because it is. And then you know, if you have a pastor who is um, who you know, is dismayed over maybe, maybe he's a new pastor and he's coming into a church where there are women in improper positions of leadership or things like that. Um, Hang in there and, uh, and, and just stand for what's right. Stay in the word, uh, make sure you're, you're getting your encouragement where you need it and everything like that. But, uh, but do begin to, to teach and to preach what is right according to scripture. And then, you know, gently, lovingly, kindly, but firmly move your congregation in the right direction toward adhering to scripture. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have people get mad at you. You are going to have some women who are going to come after you like like banshees. <laughs> I am so sorry, but you are. Uh, they're going to be screaming and they're going to be, you know, t- saying all sorts of terrible things about you and, and things like that. But stand your ground. That's what a man does. That's what a man of God does. He stands his ground on scripture. You know, he just plants his feet firmly on scripture and stands there. And um, like a a good pastor told me a long time ago, you know, you can't turn the Titanic around on a dime. So you're going to have to be patient and and just keep steering, you know, in the right direction. And then if, you know, if you're, it's a situation where you're in a church, you're a church member and you see things going the wrong direction with your uh, with the role of women in the church in your own church. Um, be in prayer about that. Be sure you know what scripture says about that mm. and go talk to your, your your pastor or your elders and and explain your concerns very kindly, very patiently and see what their response is. And, yeah. you know, hopefully prayerfully, they will see what you're saying and, you know, start steering the ship in the right direction. But um, if they dig their heels in and they start telling you, which is usually what happens, they start telling you that you're being divisive and unloving and hateful. And, you know, we just think we just want to lift women up and we just want to, you know, women have been so abused over the years and we just want to restore them to their rightful position of leadership or whatever it is that they might say. Um, If they dig their heels in like that, it's probably time to find a new church, one that's doctrinally sound, and one that respects God's order uh, in the church and and his plan for for hierarchy in the church and in marriage and Mm. and in all of those various areas. So it may be time to find a new church. Amy, anything you'd add to that? Michelle said it so well. Uh, I just second everything that she said. Um, and and I would say too, just adding on to, you know, if if they're digging their heels in and you've already presented uh, scriptural verses, you know, your husband has with you and uh, and you've gone to the elders too. Um, and, it, you know, when you prayerfully decide to leave a church like that, that is is not going in a godly direction, um, yes, leave, but but don't leave without saying anything. Uh, right. We need to let uh, our leadership know, you know, I love you guys. I always will, you know, be praying for you, but 
This is why we need to find a church that teaches um, the truth of God's word. And then if yes. people ask you, don't be shamed into being silent. There is nothing wrong with saying right. why you are leaving. And and who knows that you might, uh, you know, inspire other people to also go to church leadership. And, you know, if they, if they hear from enough people, maybe they'll prayerfully reconsider that. Or maybe that's God's providence for, uh, you know, kind of spurring them on to dig into scripture. And, yeah. And well, that, yeah, that's you know? the key. Yeah, that's the key thing i uh i i lean somewhat reformed myself and i've been yeah. having conversations with some people about and they're they're reacting and i i, I printed out like 100 verses that you know kind of support this and they they read it and it's like wow i've never seen this before because mm-hmm. they've just been hearing the messaging from the outside but when people really yeah, right. take that personal ownership that onus to study the word and I love what you said earlier, Amy, when the Holy Spirit's in, involved in that and driving that. Yeah. Um, and, and also there's a sweetness that, you know, and we, and I sense this with you, Amy, especially because I've heard you a lot more. I think I would say the same about you, Michelle, that that discernment, uh, especially when it's done in a loving, mm-hmm. kind manner and in gentleness, uh, that's the Holy Spirit uh, guiding and leading, mm-hmm. you know, obviously through our temperament and our personality. Uh, but when we're and and there is uh, you know I, what I love about Chris Roseboro is I I do love that snarky side as well and there's there's a role <laughs> for that um, and when you were with them that was always a a fun balance um, but Amy what um, this I'm I'm just I'm just thinking of this question I want to throw it out so I hope I can I can shape it or form it in a clear way um, I do hear some people's concern that if we allow this, then it's opening the door uh, for further confusion. You know, let's say, for example, I have said this, that, hey, if we allow women to be pastors, the next thing is we're going to consider the possibility of gay marriage or having, and and people are like, no, that's that's never going to happen. But we're seeing it happen with Andy Stanton's church and and others. Uh, But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe both of you speak speak to that. Sure. I mean, we're we're already, like you said, Mitch, seeing it happen with with every every, every compromise leads to bigger compromise. It, there's never just one. It's like potato chips. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can think that you're just going to taste one, but then the next thing you know, the whole bowl is gone. And and that's what we're seeing. Even in the world today, we're seeing. You know, at first it was uh, well, uh, um, you know, if if gay marriage is allowed, then um, pretty soon it's going to be pedophilia, or it's going to be, uh, you know. Uh, transgenderism is going to be big. And of course, everybody said, oh, no, 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 that'll never we're happen. Seeing it in culture. Well, yeah. Right. We're seeing it in the culture. We're also seeing that in the church. So, uh, you know, when when people voice concerns 10, 15, 20 years ago about Rick Warren and Saddleback mm-hmm. Church and what he was teaching, and then all of a sudden you, you fast forward to almost his retirement last year, the last thing he did, his last action was to appoint three female pastors yeah. uh, in his place as he was leaving. And all sorts of things have have come since the very first person raised concerns about a purpose driven life. Uh, you know, we we saw things uh, going on where he was uh, contextualizing uh, contextualizing uh, scripture, the gospel, with uh, Muslims and saying, you know, we believe in the same God, but you know, this these are slight differences, but you know, and that's just not true. So all sorts of things. Um, you know, and with like you said, with Andy Stanley, it started out uh, just a few little niggles of concern that people had about him. Well, next thing you know, he's uh, become full-blown apostate and that's mm-hmm. just so sad to see. But, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason that, that, you know, we're, we're kind of pecking on these big name people is that we're not picking on them. We're very, very concerned about all of the many, many dear sheep that have been uh, bamboozled uh, by mm-hmm. these teachers over the years. And it, the, these false teachings, it's important because their faith is becoming shipwrecked. And so we need to be able to, uh, to stop that kind of thing in its tracks, if we can, uh, as much as you know we are able to. Now, yeah. you know, does God allow some of this? Yes, and uh, you know, for His own purposes, He He does. But He also says, you know, Jesus said very clearly, "Be aware of false teachers, avoid them." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that's what we're to do. Yeah, yeah, uh, Michelle. Any any thoughts to that too? 
Yeah, just kind of touching back to what you were saying about, you know, um, churches or denominations that are starting to allow uh, for women to be pastors and whatnot and, and saying, oh, you know, nothing else bad will happen. Nothing will yeah. come of this, you know, that'll be worse than this. I would just say, show me any church who or denomination that has put women in the position of pastors or said that it was okay for women to preach or whatever that has gotten holier better at handling God's word, more evangelistic, more uh, more mature in, in their spiritual walk and their, you know, whatever they do as a church. Uh, show me a church that has gotten better because they have put women in the position of uh, improper positions of leadership and pastoring and preaching. If you will look at churches who today have, uh, you know, all they're liberal or they're progressive or whatever, and they're, you know, they have homosexuals as pastors and elders. And they're, uh, some of these quote unquote churches or even I'm seeing videos of them with transgender people, drag queen, whatever's yeah. in the mm-hmm. pulpit. You know, take that church, trace its history back. You'll find that the first step on the road to where they are now started with them allowing women to teach men, preach, pastor, and whatnot. And it just snowballs until that's where it is. Mm. Yeah. Amy, uh, how, how, do you, how do you respond to the feeling people might have that, uh, man, you're suppressing women? You're, how is this promoting? How is this uplifting? And, and let, me, let me just preface it with this. A lot of times when... I listened to Chris Roseboro. He would talk about, you know, Ephesians 2.10, that God is, uh, uh, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And uh, and then he'll look at the rest of, you know, the end of Ephesians, like, how are we his workmanship? Well, it's by being a good husband, a loving wife, yeah. good parents, good children. Uh, so how, how are we encouraging women here uh, to, to be what God has designed them to be that just gives them a breath of relief and it's like wow yes that's i i can be who god wants me to be and and in the center of his will oh exactly i love that because um it it really puts a lot of pressure on us when we think that we can take on a man's role uh, whether it's in society or or especially in the church, and we think I've got this, I can do anything that that he can do. And when when you show a woman what Scripture says about her role and how much I, I wouldn't want to be a man, I I wouldn't want that that awesome responsibility of, of what he to has to do. <laughs> I, I know it, and and you know when you, when you go through uh, Ephesians or uh, mm. you know any any of the Scriptures actually, uh, and you see what our roles are. Um, it's, it's incredibly uh, comforting to know that, that our roles, uh, we can do this. This is what we were designed to do. Um, and it's actually very comfortable and, and peaceful. And uh, just by coincidence, it's kind of funny. Michelle and I are both, uh, this is, like I said, very coincidentally, uh, we are both teaching at our own churches through, uh, the book of Titus, through especially Titus two, three through mm. five and, uh, in our own churches. And so I do a, a Monday night uh weekly bible study and and michelle does one uh, i think it's a little less in frequent i think is it is it uh, every other week michelle it's every month and we're not actually going through the book of titus but we certainly are on a strong foundation of titus two three through five for sure yeah and I'll, i'll just read that real quick it says this it says the older woman likewise that they be reverent in behavior not slanderers not given to much wine teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands love their children to be discreet chaste homemakers good obedient to their own husbands that the word of god may not be blasphemed or mm. some uh translations wow. say reviled and it's just it's a beautiful not, thing yeah. it, it's so simple there you know really we are to uh be servants be nurturing and uh and to watch after our homes you know um and it, it's a beautiful thing yeah, when I we can that. do that so yeah yeah, yeah. what in, in a positive sense and and perhaps in a uh, sort of a, a you know kind of a ominous sense where, where do you see the church 10 years from now where where <laughs> would you where would you like to see the church be but what is your concern? And you're probably looking at 
maybe two paths here. Uh, Michelle, how do yeah. you answer that? I would like to see the church in heaven <laughs> within the next 10 years. I would yeah, love for the Lord. Great, hey, that's a, that's a great answer. I love that. <laughs> it is just getting so terrible down here. I would yeah. just love um, for the Lord to come back and get us whatever eschatology, you yeah. know, you want to put on that, just come back and get me, you yeah. know, I'm ready yeah, for that. Ride. Yeah. Uh, but if he, if he chooses to tarry, uh, I think we're just going to continue to see a lot of uh, uh, degeneration in the church, yeah. degradation in the church. Yeah. It is going to become much more obvious who the wheat and who the tares are. Um, and we're going to see a lot of uh, churches that are pretty indistinguishable from the world. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how the world is going to want it. And that's mm-hmm. who the world is going to give their favor yeah. to. And we are going to begin experiencing, I believe, the type of persecution that we only see overseas right now, like in, yeah. in the Middle East, in North Korea, places like that. That is going to steadily increase here. And, you know, uh, we're all a little bit older. And so we, we remember back in the seventies, eighties, whenever uh, the, the idea was that, that someone would walk up to you and put a gun to your head and say, deny Christ, or I'm going to shoot you. I really don't think that's going to, to be how it is going to happen. I think it's going to be much more subtle than that. Yeah. It's, we see it already with the uh, bake the cake for the gay wedding, or yeah. we're going to destroy your business and your life. You know, it's going yeah. to be like that. It's or going to progress and things like that. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah. And we already, we already see some things like that happening mm-hmm. and I think it's going mm-hmm. to get worse. Unfortunately, we've got to be ready to stand strong under persecution. And the only way to do that is to get ready now and to be yeah. good students of scripture yeah. now to be faithful to the church right now. You know, the, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but all the more as you see the day drawing near Mm. and the day is drawing near. And, you know, we need to be completely grounded in our faith and in the word so that we'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I I love the encouragement that comes in that warning as well. Amy, how would you answer that before we wrap up here? I would say uh, that well, while I am encouraged that um, the younger women seem to be a little bit more hungry for truth and, mm. and less uh, bamboozled by some of the marketing tricks, I think that our generation mm. yeah. fell yeah, for. Uh, yeah, yeah, so so they're actually looking for some hard truth, uh, and that's a broad mm. generalization. Uh, but I also see, and, and we can see it in the news as well, uh, just this false revivalism that we're seeing mm. spread out. This is actually mm. a precursor to the great falling away and false revival that we know is coming um, that will fool so many people. And so that's why we need to be grounded in the word. We need our churches to help us with that too. Um, And and so, and and to be able to talk about these things, because if we're left on our own, if we're not being taught uh, these truths about this, that uh, we are going to be swept away and we'll be a part of the great falling away, uh, unfortunately. Well, Jesus and yeah. so clearly that in in you know the, the lawlessness will increase and the yeah. hearts of many right. will grow cold and and then yes. the growing cold is is in a sense becoming numb to what the word says and and taking it seriously and being obedient to it so yeah. well um j- just to wrap up here i i you might have gotten the email i sent you i forgot to put <laughs> this in the questionnaire i i love to ask people at the end of my podcast if this was reversed and you were interviewing me, what what one question would you want to ask me? And it could be anything or related to what we're talking about here. <laughs> Michelle, well, I would just, <laughs> yeah, I would just ask, um, first of all, are, are more of your listeners male or female? And then how do you think they'll respond to what we've said tonight? Well, I think I could That's lose good. half today. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. that, will, that will give me only one listener. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, you know, I, I, I have a dashboard and I, I see what, what encourages me with my podcast is uh, I, I'm, I've, I've done 99. And if I put this one, you guys will be the hundredth podcast. Oh, but wow. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm doing this 
Um, but what encourages me is I, I can go a month and not do a podcast, but I still see 30, 40 a day people looking, you know, at the podcast, listening to them. Um, but I, I, my audience is, is to uh, church, uh, church leaders, but also to those who love the church. Uh, so it's it's a broad audience, but my my tagline is to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and um, and so I, I don't know the demographic of the audience, but uh, I, I'm I'm encouraged by the feedback that I get, and and uh, I I probably get you know emails from both men and women saying that they listen to it. When I was up in Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago at church in the lobby, so I listened to your podcast and I thought, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't know that people up here were listening to it. So that's encouraging. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Amy, well, I would just ask, uh, uh, when are you coming back to Wisconsin and, and how can we, uh, how can we encourage you? How can we, um, you know, come alongside and. I appreciate um, that. Well, I, I, yeah, I love your idea that you're you're hoping to post this on your uh, your podcast as well, and uh, I hope I hope you will do that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there are a lot of you know my I'm in a ministry now where I I counsel pastors and and ministry mm-hmm. leaders, missionaries, and uh, a lot of guys are discouraged, and and yeah. you know COVID really knocked it knocked the wind out of a lot of pastors and and even international workers and. Uh, so, you know, my uh, how people can encourage me is is to pray that people will look for help. And and as they hear about this ministry, that they will reach out and uh, and just ha- have someone to talk to. And I'm, I'm very gospel centered. I, I hope you've picked that up in our brief oh, yes. conversation here that uh, I, I, I love what one of you said, that Jesus is we're not victims. Jesus is the healer. Or if we are victims, mm-hmm. then we, we see Jesus is the one that heals and revives and um, and it's going to be tough. I mean, ministry life is tough. Serving Jesus yeah. in this day and age is tough, and uh, and it's not going to get easier. So, well, thank you for that. Those were those were softball questions. Uh, <laughs> but hey, thank thank you so much. Any final thoughts before we uh, we wrap up here? Just everybody believe the gospel, Mm. be faithful, invested members of a doctrinally sound local church, evangelize, you know, the the ordinary means of grace, go out there and do them. You don't need any special programs or any fancy bells and whistles. Just do what Christ said to do in scripture. I love that. that. Yeah. The the sheep are starving. So keep feeding them and and never grow weary of that. And if you do grow weary, find your, um, find your strength in Christ. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you very much. This was very encouraging to me and I know it will be and and challenging as well. And hopefully this is both challenging and encouraging to, to many others. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Goodbye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, and I hope you do, uh, if you are struggling over what we've talked about or have thoughts or even you want to counter or have a a good conversation with me, I would encourage you to email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, my dear brothers and sisters, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged.